0: Welcome to episode two of from the inside podcast. My name is Joyce Yin and I'm your host. Before we jump into the main topic of episode two, I just want to answer a common question that I get about feminism, which kind of piggybacks off of episode one, where I talked about the true meaning of feminism. We came to the conclusion that feminism is really about human rights, specifically achieving equal rights for the sexes. So then I get the question, if feminism is about human rights, why do you have to use the word feminism? Can't you just say you're an advocate for human rights? Feminism is about human rights, but Using the umbrella term human rights ignores the fact that women have had fewer rights and have faced more obstacles than men for centuries. It ignores the fact that being female still automatically puts you at a disadvantage. Now that you know why we use the word feminism, I want to talk a bit about intersectional feminism. Let's begin with a mini history lesson for some context. The history of the feminism movement is usually thought of as three waves. First wave feminism in the 19th and early 20th centuries mainly dealt with property rights and the right to vote. During World War II, women were encouraged to join the workforce to fill the gap left by male workers who joined the military. Rosie the Riveter was the icon of the campaign, representing the woman who worked in factories and shipyards during World War II. However, after the war, women who had previously been encouraged to work were told to give up their jobs and go back home where men thought they belonged. As you can expect, many were reluctant to give up their jobs and newfound freedom. This sparked second-wave feminism, also known as the Women's Liberation Movement, which began in the 1960s and lasted until the mid-1980s. It focused on the rights of women to work, reproductive rights, and domestic violence. This began decades of challenging traditional women's roles inside and outside the home. Third wave feminism, which started in the 1990s, had the same goals as second wave feminism, but was more inclusive It started as a backlash to the second wave's focus on issues that pertained to straight, white, middle-class women. Women from other backgrounds were finally starting to be represented. However, some feminists at the time still argued that racism had no place in the feminist movement. Since barriers to gender equality vary according to other aspects, such as age, race, ethnicity, class, and religion, it is not enough to look at this issue from one point of view, especially one that is privileged in many ways. The purpose of intersectional feminism is to take into account all of these factors to try to make sure everyone is represented. Another key concept of intersectional feminism is that the movement doesn't stop until all women have equal rights and opportunities. There is often the attitude that if something doesn't affect us, then it's not our problem to deal with, As a result, in the advancement of gender equality, millions of people have been left behind. For example, Canadian women won the right to vote in federal elections in 1921, but Canadian women of color were not allowed to vote until the late 1940s. Indigenous women covered by the Indian Act, did not have the right to vote until 1960. Now, even though Vatican City is the only country where women are not allowed to vote, the fight for women's suffrage is far from over. In countries like Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Uganda, and Kenya, Most women do not vote because it is too difficult. From these examples, you can see that there is still a lot of change that needs to be made. I want to leave you with a closing quote from Audre Lorde. I am not free while any woman is unfree, even when her shackles are very different from my own. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of From the Inside. I hope you'll join me on my journey to learn more about feminism. See you next time!